Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie, and this is the Blog Talk Radio this evening on Tuesday evening, April the 30th at 6 p.m. And thank you so much for joining us on Blog Talk Radio. We pray that you are encouraged this evening as you hear the heart and the mind of God. Before we begin, I just want to give you one quick announcement about our prayer line, which started on yesterday morning, and it was this morning, and it will continue through Thursday, tomorrow morning and Thursday. Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. For those of you who are joining us uh, on the prayer line, the prayer line begins at 530. Um, Invite your family and your friends to uh, join us on the prayer line and uh, uh, pray along with us and and be blessed by the encouraging word from the man of God before we begin the prayer and then we begin the prayer. You can also go back to our website, uh, ejmpcc.com, and you can get the uh, reference number. We have the reference number that's on the website for Monday. The reference number is there for this morning. And we will put the reference number there for tomorrow and Thursday. And you can go back and listen and pray along with us. And we believe that as you're praying along with us, then God is just going to continue to increase the momentum of God as you're praying along with us. So, again, we just thank you for joining us on this evening. Um, Last night we were talking about the righteousness of God. And I want to continue in that vein speaking on the righteousness of God. Uh, Many times we have missed it in our relationship with God because we did not understand what God may have been doing in our lives. Um, All of us have uh, missed it from time to time. We have all been tricked by the enemy We have all been manipulated by the enemy, Uh, but thank God for his grace and his mercy and the spirit of God uh, living on the inside of us, and he quickened a scripture to us, or he may quicken how we missed it with God, and we repent, and then the Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive us, and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and then we get back on that path, uh, that journey of seeking his heart and seeking his mind, you know, wanting to do all those things that's going to bring glory and honor to him. Um, I just want to encourage us with the, this uh, thought this evening that we have to grab hold of, which is um, that Jesus' death, burial, his resurrection, and his ascension must be real in all of our lives. His, his, resu- his uh, death accomplished something. Um, his uh, resurrection accomplished something. The cross accomplished something. And so when we understand what all of those, uh, what it accomplished, then we can walk and be victorious in the areas that we are uh, being challenged in. Um, his his uh, resurrection um, accomplished uh, his authority, uh, our authority, um, our redemption was accomplished at his resurrection. Our freedom was accomplished um, at his resurrection. And, and isn't that so powerful that we were set free 
at his resurrection. Uh, whatever bondage may be trying to entangle you or your family members or your friends, uh, coworkers, uh, people that are close to you, your loved ones, um, they've been already set free at the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Uh, many of them don't know that they're set free, uh, but we're set free uh, at the resurrection. Um, we have been restored um, uh, through his resurrection. We have been reunited with God, uh, our Heavenly Father, through his resurrection. Um, and so we need to understand um, that even as we get challenged from time to time, uh, that because Christ Jesus became our righteousness, uh, uh, then we embrace uh, his righteousness, we receive him as our Lord and Savior, and then we believe uh, uh, in his, uh, his uh, righteousness, and then we can go forth uh, in the power and the strength, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And so um, let's just look at a scripture tonight. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures tonight, and then I kind of want to give you a challenge tonight to encourage us that as we're going forth from day to day and we're when, and God is drawing us closer in our relationship with him, then I want to give us a challenge that we can begin to thank God as we as we focus on God, as we set our, our minds on him and our thoughts on him and our meditation on him, and as we're thinking about him throughout the course of the day, that we will begin to thank him, not only for our righteousness, but thanking God for what he has accomplished uh, uh, for our loved ones. Uh, I, I'm sure that I'm not the only one that have loved ones that you want to see them uh, give their life unto the Lord. Now, we know by faith, it's already done, but manifestly they have not confessed Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So you may be listening and you have your parents that you want to get. Uh, you want them to confess Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. You may have your siblings uh, that you want them to confess Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You may have some children that you want to confess Christ Jesus as the Lord and Savior. It may be some co-workers that you're praying for. It may be your boss uh, on your job. It may be some classmates that you're going to school with. It may be your neighbors uh, um, that, that's in your neighborhood. It may be uh, just some very close friends that you went to school with, and God has reunited you back in relationship with them. But you want to see them, now that God has uh, done something new on the inside of you, and you've given your life to him, and, and you, you no longer live the way you used to live before you gave your life to him, but now you want to see these loved ones and these other uh, family members and uh, give their life to the Lord. So um, I want to uh, just encourage us by looking at some scriptures, and then um, towards the end, I want us to begin to just thank God for what Christ Jesus has done, his righteousness, what his, his death has accomplished for, for us, what his has accomplished for us and what his resurrection and his ascension has accomplished for us. If we look at the scripture here in 2 Corinthians uh, verse 5 and verse 18, uh, excuse me, verse 19 says, it was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. So the Father was in Christ Jesus. He reconciled the world, not just us, the saints, but the entire world, and restored the world to favor with himself, not, not counting 
up and holding against men their trespasses. You see, God is not like man, where man reminds you what you used to do, and man reminds you what you did, even though you ask God to forgive you, but you always tell Satan always going to have somebody that try to remind you of what you did. But God doesn't uh, count up men's trespasses against them. And then it says he canceled them. And this is what else he did. He committed to us the message of reconciliation, which means in the Amplified of the restoration to favor. So God was in Christ Jesus. He reconciled the world. He restored the world back into favor with himself. And then he canceled men's trespasses. And then he committed to us. Us who? The ones that receive him as the Lord and Savior. He committed to us the message of reconciliation. What message of reconciliation? That this is what Christ Jesus has done for you. That this is what the Father who was in Christ Jesus, this is what he has done for you. And this is good news for you there, that the Father is not holding against you the sin that you did. He wants you to repent of it. And once you repent of it, then he has restored you back into harmony and favor with himself. And then in verse 20 it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassador. Uh, an ambassador is an authorized representative. So in other words, the Father has uh, restored us. He was in Christ Jesus, and he restored us back into favor with himself. He gave us the ministry, the message of reconciliation. And then it says we are Christ's ambassadors. We are an authorized representative. We stand and we act on behalf of Christ Jesus. We have delegated authority from the Father in Christ Jesus, and we can go and tell others that this is what the Father has done for you in his Son, Christ Jesus. Then it says, God making his appeal as it were through us. We, as Christ's personal representatives, we beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you and be reconciled to God. In other words, be brought back into fellowship and harmony with God. And, and the way that they are brought back into harmony and favor with God is that they receive the righteous one, which is Christ Jesus. They receive, we let them know uh, what the message is. We let them know what the Father has accomplished for them, what Christ Jesus' death did for them, what his burial did for them, what his resurrection did for them, uh, and what his ascension did for them. And now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. We let the world know that. And if, when we understand that, then we will be about our father's business, telling our family members, telling our friends, and, and telling our loved ones, and telling our coworkers and our classmates and our neighbors. Uh, we are letting them know that this is what the father has done for you through Christ Jesus. Then in verse 21, it says, for our sake. He made Christ for our sake. For whose sake? Our sake. For our sake. For the world's sake. Because remember, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world. So for our sake, for the world's sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as, being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. 
what we ought to be, approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. I want to read that again and just kind of break it down just a little bit and elaborate on a little certain parts of it. It says, for our sake, for the world's sake, he, Christ, uh, the Father, made Christ virtually to be sin, so, the, so Christ Jesus had no sin. But the Father made Christ uh, to be sin for us, so that in Christ Jesus we might be endued with, we might be viewed as, we might be examples of the righteousness of God. We might be examples of the righteousness of God to who? To the world, to those who do not know, to, the, to those that we're going to tell of the good news of what God has done for them and what has been accomplished for them through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we are examples of the righteousness of God. Sometimes we're the only ones, uh, many times we're the only ones, uh, the only Christ that people will see. But when they hear the message of what God has accomplished for them, for many people, they've never heard this. For many people, they don't know this. For many people, this will be good news for them. And they will know, they will want to know, really? Uh, I can be saved. I can uh, accept him as my Lord and Savior. He has forgiven me. He's not going to remember my sin. Uh, he's not going to bring it back up to me. He's not going to remind me of what I did. And, and even though I did some, some things that was not, you know, I don't want to tell anybody what I did. I really did some bad things. Well, the Father already knows that. And, and and the beautiful part about it is that he loves you and I in spite of. He loved me in spite of what I did. I know he loves you because the Father was in Christ Jesus. He reconciled the world. The world, that means you. You are in the world. So the Father has reconciled you back into harmony. He's given me a message to, of reconciliation to share with you that this is what he uh, has accomplished for you through his son, Christ Jesus. So we're examples of the righteousness of God. It says what we ought to be. We are examples of what we ought to be. In other words, my life should show an example of the righteousness of God. We're not talking about when you when you miss it, but we're talking about when you, if you do miss it, you get back up, you repent, you ask God to forgive you, and you keep on moving forward in your relationship with God. You don't stay down in shame and guilt and condemnation, but you repent, you ask God to forgive you, and you get back up and you keep on that journey, that path of, of reaching the Father and pleasing Him in everything we say, everything that we do. So it says we are examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be. And then it says we are approved. We are approved by who? By God the Father. That's why we can be examples because Jesus became the sin for us, so we don't have to become the sin. He's already been the substitute for us. He's, he was the perfect Lamb of God, and he took away the sin of the world. He defeated sin uh, in the flesh on the cross. So sin has already been dealt with, and so you and I just received the righteous one. And once we receive him, then we can go forth with the message of reconciliation, letting the world know that this is what has been accomplished for them. It says, so we've been already approved. And then it says, accept and a right relationship with him by his goodness. Whose goodness? Christ Jesus' goodness. So this is what the Father has done for us in Christ Jesus. He's given you and I, those of us who received him as our Lord and Savior, he's given us the message of reconciliation. That, that means that we have good news to share with the world that God in Christ Jesus has reconciled them back into harmony. They don't have to be outsiders anymore. They 
can come and be a part of the family. They can be born into the family of God. And then they can do the same thing that you and I are doing. They can represent the Father. They can be his ambassador and, and represent him and stand and act on his behalf, his delegated authority, telling the world of the good news that Christ Jesus has done. Let's look here at 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and verse 30. I believe we read this scripture uh, last night, but we, we're still continuing on the righteousness of God so we can understand it and walk in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. Christ Jesus has set us free so you and I don't have to walk around uh, uh, being ashamed of what we have done. If we have repented, then the Father has wiped the slate clean. He's casting in the sea of forgiveness, and he's not remembering it anymore. So if he doesn't remember it, then why should you and I remember it? And we don't want to be instruments that's being used by Satan that we're, we're reminding other people what they've done. No, we, we don't want to be like that. <laughs> we don't want to be instruments that's being used by the enemy. We want to just thank God for what God has done in our lives. And then he has forgiven us. So now that he's forgiven us, then we go forth with a message of reconciliation, knowing that the world has been reconciled back into harmony with the Father. 1 Corinthians 1st chapter and verse 30 says, But it is from him that you have light in Christ Jesus. To him is God the Father. It is from him, God the Father, that you and I have light in Christ Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God. So Christ Jesus has been made for us wisdom. Wisdom is revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation previously hidden, manifesting itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God. So this is what Christ Jesus did for us when he made us righteous. He put us upright. He put us in right standing with God. And then it says, and our consecration making us pure and holy. Who did this for us? Christ Jesus. He made us pure and he made us holy. And it says, and our redemption providing our ransom from eternal penalty for sin. So Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's already been that for us. This is who he is unto us. We embrace him as our wisdom. We embrace him, Christ Jesus, as our righteousness. We embrace him as our sanctification, and we embrace him as our redemption. And I mentioned earlier how we have all missed it from time to time. We've all been, you know, tricked by the enemy and manipulated by the enemy. As a wife, I'll be the first one to say I've missed it many times in my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with my husband. As a mother, I'll be the first one to say I've missed it as a mother in my relationship with God and in my relationship with, with my daughters. I've missed it as a daughter. I've missed it as a sister. I've missed it all around. But thank God that God has forgiven me. And so I've forgiven myself. And that's another thing. That's another trick of the enemy. Sometimes we ask God to forgive us, but then we walk around in shame and, and we walk around with our head hung down because we, we still sin conscious instead of being Christ conscious that Christ has forgiven me. And if Christ has forgiven me, then I need to forgive myself. I don't need to allow the enemy to trick me and cause me to miss my time with God and, and feel so far away from God because of what I did. I've asked him to forgive me, so let me hold my head up and let me go forth and forgive myself. Amen? Let me just receive the forgiveness. Christ is 
his has become my righteousness. So I receive his righteousness. And then I go forth to continue on in my relationship with God. And if Christ has forgiven me, I forgive myself. And if Christ has, and if you have forgiven yourself, then you learn how to forgive others. And that's probably one of the biggest, one of the number one things that, that kills relationship because we walk around with unforgiveness. We, we allow uh, what people have said to us. Uh, we hold that thing. We hold people hostage for a long time. Uh, we hold people hostage based upon something they said, something they did, uh, not uh, remembering all the things that we've done <laughs> to sin against God, and God doesn't hold it against us. So, so why should we hold it against people? Why should I hold my brother hostage? Why should I hold my sister hostage? Why should I hold my, my spouse hostage? Why should I hold my children hostage based upon something they did? All I need to do is just turn around and look at myself in the mirror and realize that it's because of the grace of God that I'm standing here today. It's because of the mercy of God I'm standing here today. It's because of the righteous one that I have received that I'm standing here today. So who am I to hold somebody hostage when, when God doesn't hold me hostage, <laughs> all the things that I've done, uh, he probably can, you know, I can count on 10 fingers and, and, and borrow somebody else's fingers and somebody else's toes and probably write a, a book in volume one, two, and three of all the things that I've done. But God has forgiven me. And if he's forgiven me, then I should turn around and forgive somebody else. Amen? And not allow myself, not allow myself to be tricked by the enemy and holding somebody based upon something they said and something they did. Now, I want to encourage us tonight to be fully persuaded. The scripture says in Romans, the fourth chapter, Abraham was fully persuaded. How many of you that are listening and, maybe listen, and may come back and listen later on, how many are fully persuaded based upon what God has spoken unto you? You're fully persuaded and you're not allowing anything to turn your heart or your faith away from Christ um, and believe God. You're standing on the word of God because you're fully persuaded. And we brought out last night how Abraham is the father of faith. The father means he's the originator of faith. He set the pace. He set the example for us to follow. And so therefore, we can follow his pattern. We can look at his life and see how everything that he did uh, uh, when it came to uh, the scripture saying that he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness sake. Now, we're not talking about when Abraham missed God. We're not talking about that, when he uh, missed God and, and gave in to what Sarah told him to do and take Hagar, his wife. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about when he obeyed God. And, 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 if, the, and if the father was speaking about that, then it would not have been written in the word of God that he's the father of faith. So he's the father of faith in spite of what what he has done. So that lets you know that God doesn't see what you and I see. He doesn't look the way we look at things and say, well, he did this and he did that. No, God has forgiven him. And so therefore, God still called him the father of faith, even though in, our, in my eyes or your eyes, he may have missed God. But in God's eyes, he's the father of faith. He obeyed God, and it, it was accounted to him. And there's about six or seven scriptures that I read last night that it was a, uh, Abraham obeyed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness' sake. Isn't that powerful? How could it be accounted to him for righteousness' sake, and he missed God? Because he obeyed God. 
He did what God told him to do. So Abraham was fully persuaded. Let's look at the scripture here in Romans, the fourth chapter, and beginning with verse 18. It says, who against hope, this is talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. Is there a situation in your life right now that it seems like it's hopeless? It seems like there's no way out? It seems like uh, if God's going to move or it seems like God would have moved yesterday because I just don't know how God can fix this. No, no. <laughs> but the scripture says uh, Abraham against hope, he believed in hope. He still had hope in a hopeless situation. Can you still have hope in a hopeless situation? Uh, you may be a parent that's listening and, and your child just ran away and this is probably the fourth or the fifth time that they ran away can you still have hope in that hopeless situation you may be stru uh, struggling in your finances and it seems like uh, every every time you get paid you pay your tithes and you give your offering but it seems like you only have uh, a few dollars uh, a few dollars left until the next paycheck and it seems like you can't uh, come to that place where you're able to save money or you're able to put away uh, this or you're able to be a blessing to somebody uh, can you still look at your finances and say that I'm going to have hope against hope? It's a hopeless situation concerning my finances, but I am still have hope because I have hope in God. Not in my situation, the parent that's listening concerning your child. You're not having hope concerning your child and based upon what your child said, but your hope is in God. What about you that may be struggling? You're listening right now. You may be struggling in your marriage. Uh, uh, maybe it's a husband that's listening. And he's struggling with his wife or a wife that's listening and she's struggling with her husband. Can you still look at your marriage and say, but I still have hope in God. God has never failed me. God has brought me this far. And I know if I embrace Christ's righteousness, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, that's real to me. And if I embrace that and just continue to have hope, I know God is going to move. I know that God has already moved for me. I'm just waiting for the manifestation of it. What about you that may be listening uh, and you're, you're, you're going to work and you're hearing all the bad reports concerning your job and, and they've, uh, you've already seen how they've laid some people off and, and you don't even know in this economy, you don't even know uh, uh, if you're going to be there uh, at the end of the year. Can you still have hope in God? Because you know that it's God that blessed you with the job and if God blessed you with the job then only God can take the job away from you. So in spite of what happening in spite of what somebody is saying your co-workers are whispering you're not giving in to that you have embraced the righteous one you believe the righteous one and the righteous one is the one that is giving you the job and so therefore your hope is not in your co-workers your hope is not in your boss your hope is not in your paycheck but your hope is in God David said why are you disquieted within me O soul Put your hope in God. And sometimes we have to tell ourselves that, saints. We have to encourage ourselves in the Lord and say, why are you disquieted? Why are you trying to be discouraged? Sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. We have to look in the mirror, and we have to drive in the car sometimes, and we're talking to ourselves, uh, but we're really talking to God, and we're really speaking out loud that in spite of this hopeless situation, I yet believe God. I still believe God, and I can still praise God, and I can still worship God, and I can still pray to God, and I can still have hope 
in this hopeless situation. It may be a leader that is listening, and it looks like uh, things are not going the way you thought it was going to go concerning the church and concerning the members. Uh, and maybe that you have lost some members or some members left, uh, and it seems like maybe the ties in the office of finances went down a little bit. Can you as a leader still know that God is the one that blessed you with the ministry? In other words, God is the one that, that ministry belongs to God. It's not yours. It belongs to God. And so can you still have hope in a hopeless situation and say, my faith is not in these members. My faith is, in, is not in who comes and who goes. My faith is not in the men. My faith is not in the finances. My faith is in God. My trust is in God. My hope is in God. What about you who may be single and you're looking around and you may be saying, I can remember thinking this one time when, when I was about 26 uh, uh, years old and, and I can remember looking around and, and thinking, wow, it seems like everybody around me is getting married. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seems like everybody around me, you know, is getting married. This person getting married, that person getting married, uh, that person getting engaged, this person uh, getting a phone call from uh, friends from out of town, they getting uh, engaged. God, when is it going to be my time? Don't be tricked by the enemy if you're listening and you're single. Don't be tricked by the enemy. It's not about your status in society. It's about the state of your heart before God. What is the state of your heart? Do God God have your heart or do somebody else have your heart? Who has your heart? Are you uh, believing God? Are you standing on the word of God? And as a young lady, we shouldn't be looking around at nobody anyway. <laughs> our faith and our focus need to be on God because the Bible says he that findeth a wife, not she that findeth a husband, but he that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord. And I think many times we quote that scripture and forget about the latter part of the scripture, that he, when he finds you, his good thing, that he, because he has found you, obtain favor from the Lord. So in your status, in your uh, the state of your heart, are you still having hope in God? Have you embraced Christ Jesus, the righteous one? Have you become that person, that daughter, that servant of the Most High God, that in spite of what's going on around you, in spite of what's happening around you, in spite of what is, what is being said around you, in spite of what it looks like, you still have hope in God. It may be somebody that's listening and may Maybe you have been trying to uh, give birth, and you and your spouse may be trying to have a baby, and I just hear this by the Spirit of God, and it may have been that in the past uh, that you've had the different miscarriages, but God says that this is your season. As you continue to hope in God, this is your season. You will give birth this in this season because this is your time. See, we have to understand that as we embrace him, then everything we need is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, uh, I believe it's in first, uh, first, uh, the first chapter of, of the book of Ephesians, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So everything that you and I need is in Christ Jesus. That's why it's important for us to embrace Christ Jesus, our righteous one, and believe what he has accomplished for us when he died, when he was buried, buried and when he rose, and now he's sitting, sitting at the right hand of the Father. So we embrace the righteous one. 
So going back to the scripture here, be fully persuaded. Tell yourself, be fully persuaded, woman of God. Be fully persuaded, man of God. Be fully persuaded, servant of God. Hope against hope. Believe God. Trust God. Stand on the word of God. Uh, the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, saying when you've done all to stand, stand. Don't be moved. When you've done everything you know how to do, you've held on to the word of God. You've been faithful unto God. Then what else is left to do but to stand? You stand, and you have to encourage yourself that I will stand and believe God. It says, who, uh, Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. God promised to make him the father of many nations. Uh, and he became the father of many nations because he hoped against hope. When it looked like every situation was, uh, the situation was hopeless concerning Sarah having a baby. He had received the promise from God. You have received the promise from God, and it seems like things are low. It's almost like we're giving God a timetable. God, if you don't do it for me by now, then I just know that that was a false prophet. No, the word was real. God is just uh, proving you. Remember the scripture concerning the children of Israel that uh, in the book of, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, it says that it was God that was testing them to see, uh, to humble them, and to see if they would keep his commandment or not. So that's what this test is all about. God is testing you, and he's humbling you, and he's trying to see if you will keep his commandment, if you will continue to hold on to his word, if you will continue to trust him and believe him, if you will stand right there and hope against hope, knowing that he's already done it for you. Amen? And the scripture says here in verse 19, it says, and being not weak in faith, and being not weak in faith. In other words, he didn't buckle when the pressure got a little bit hotter, when the test was turned up a little and the fire was turned up a little bit harder. He did not become weak in his faith. He did not think it strange concerning the trials that was testing him. But he stood and he believed God. He had hope against hope. It says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. So maybe you're considering your situation instead of embracing the righteous one. So if you put your eyes back on the righteous one, then you won't have time to consider your situation. It says, now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither uh, the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God. He staggered not at the promise of God. In other words, he didn't waver at the promise of God. And what would make him waver? The situation. It seemed like it's taking too long because if I remember correctly, Abraham waited about 25 years. So so that's a long time to wait. <laughs> and not saying that God is going to cause you to wait that long, but if he does, then you just stand right there and wait because you know that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he know how to bring it to pass. And another translation and say he know how to make it good just for you. So you just sit right there and wait. I'm reminded of an illustration that when you go to a tailor, men go to tailors and then women go to uh, the seamstress. But when we go to a seamstress to have a suit made, we don't expect that. So now we know that there's some seamstress and some tailors who can make it overnight. Uh, you know, I would call them very good. They can, they can take your measurements and, and they can, you know, put it all together. But it still takes time. 
No, you know, even though it may take them, they can do it overnight, and you don't have to wait a week, or you don't have to wait two weeks, or whatever the case may be, but it still takes time. They have to put it together. They have all the pieces. Uh, when you go to them, they have to cut it out. They have to, uh, they cut out the pattern. Those who sew by patterns, some people don't sew by patterns, but they still have to cut out the material because you want it a certain way, and some people are very particular. They don't want just anything put together. It has to be just right. So that takes time. Then they got to find the right thread. They have to find the right uh, buttons. They have to make sure they have everything in place uh, to make make the outfit, make the suit, make the uh, skirt set, whatever it is that you haven't made. They have to make sure that everything is just right what you order. Because when you go to pick it up, you want what you order. You paid for it. I took my time and went and picked out this material. I got the best kind of material. And so I brought it to you. And so, therefore, when I come to pick it up, I'm expecting to get exactly what I paid for. You may have paid for half of it, and then you paid for the rest of it, the balance, when you go and pick it up. But you want exactly what you paid for. But the process. You got to go through the process. The seamstress and the tailor have a process. They have to go through in order to make that that suit just right for you. So is it possible that you have placed your order with our Heavenly Father and then God is he's tailor-making that, that promise just for you? You say, God, how long is it going to take before I see my spouse saved? God, I've been waiting about five years. Now, when is going to be the time that I see them saved? When are they going to confess you, uh, the, confess you as their Lord and Savior? When are they going to receive you, God? And God said, but I'm, I'm making them. I, I, I'm making, uh, you know, it's a special order. I'm making it just for you. Don't expect me to make it just like I did it for uh, Sister Susan over here and, and Brother Smith over here. Don't expect that. Keep your focus on me. See, you got a special order. You know when you go to a restaurant and, and sometimes you have to send the uh, item back because it's not what you ordered, and then you don't just, when they send it back, they don't just come turn around and come back with another order. No, you have to wait a few more minutes because they have to make it exactly what you want. Some people are allergic to nuts. Some people are allergic to different spices, and so they have to make sure that they don't have any of that in it. So, so your order is special, and so it's coming from our Heavenly Father, and so just wait for our Heavenly Father to, to make it uh, just for you, so when you receive your order, you can say, Lord, I thank you. It was worth the wait. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I praise you, God. I know I had to wait five years. I know I had to wait 10 years. I know I had to wait 20 years. I know I had to wait 15 years. I know I had to wait six months. So I know I had to wait a year, but God, it was worth the wait. Wouldn't that be awesome that it was worth the wait, you know, the, the promise that you was believing God for? So it said Abraham, he wasn't weak in faith. He didn't waver. Uh, he considered not his own body, uh, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. And then verse 20 said, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. No unbelief came in to make him doubt 
God. He believed what God spoke, and therefore he believed the had hope against hope. He believed God. He didn't weaken in his faith. He didn't stagger at the promise of God, but he stood on the promise of God. He stood on the word of God. When you don't have anything else that you're standing on, you stand on the word of God. And that should be the only thing that we're standing on anyway, which is the word of God. It says, but he was strong in faith. He was what? Strong in faith. Giving glory to God. This is how he was strong in faith. He was giving glory to God. This is how you and I become strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Because when I'm giving glory to God, I can't be complaining at the same time. I can't be giving glory to God and then talking under my breath about how long I've been waiting and I can't wait to tell so-and-so and God just moved for her and she just gave her life to the Lord. I'm still over here believing God. No, that's complaining. And uh, I heard the man of God say, that's cursing God. When I'm complaining, that's an indictment against God because you're saying, God, the situation is bigger than you. I don't believe you, God. But if you believe God and you're not doubting against God and you have no unbelief and you're not staggering at the promise of God, then you are strong in faith. You're giving glory to God. I heard somebody say that no two occupy, uh, no two things uh, uh, can occupy one space at one time. So I can't be complaining and giving glory to God at the same time. Either I'm going to give glory to God and stay focused on God or either I'm going to complain. So which one is it? We got to make up our minds. We got to believe. Uh, believe God, and if we believe God, then I'm going to give glory to God. If I stand on the word of God, then I'm going to give glory to God. If I believe him, then I'm going to worship him. If I believe him, then I'm going to do exactly what it is that he wants me to do. I'm not going to be complaining. I'm going to give glory to God and know that God has already done it for me. I'm going to be strong in my faith. That's the evidence that you're strong in your faith because you're giving glory to God. That's the evidence that you believe God because you're worshiping God. That's the evidence that you're only speaking the word of God because you're rejoicing in God. In all these things you rejoice. And Paul says, and again I say rejoice. Uh, in the Lord. In verse 21, it says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So this is another reason why I give glory to God and I praise him and I worship him because I know that God is whatever he's made or uh, whatever he has promised me, he is able to perform it. God don't need my help. He wants me to stand and believe him. He don't need me to go and try and make uh, make my husband believe the word of God if I'm believing God for my spouse and for him to give his life to the Lord. He don't need me to go and try and be after my children and, and wonder why they're not coming to church with me and, and wonder why they're always going out and they always got to go out and party. No, I'm just standing on the word of God because I know that God, there's going to be a day that they're going to come and they're going to humble themselves and they're going to say, you know what, Mama, I want to give my life to the Lord. You know what, Sister, I want to give my life to the Lord. You know what, uh, husband, I want to give my life to the Lord. So you're fully persuaded that whatever God promised, God is able to perform. You know what that word persuade means? It means to move by a belief, position, or a course of action. And you know what the course of action is? When Jesus Christ became our righteousness and I embraced him. And because of that one act of Christ Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, I'm fully persuaded that whatever God has promised me, he's able to perform. Oh, glory to God. We can believe him because of what he has said and because of what Christ has done. And then it says, and therefore it was imputed to him 
for righteousness because he believed God and he did not stagger at the promise of God. But he was strong in faith, and this is the place that God is trying to get you and I. He wants us to be strong in faith. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to stand on the word of God. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to pour our love upon him. God is, is, is asking you and I to stand on his word and believe him. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by the test, but stand strong on the word of God. And when you've done all to stand, then you just stand. And before that scripture says, when you've done all to stand, then first it said, talks about us putting on the whole armor of God. And when we put on the whole armor of God, we put on the helmet of salvation. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. We have our loins girded about with truth. We put on the shoes of peace. We carry in our hands the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And above all, we take the shield of faith, where which we can quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one, because we know the fiery dots are coming. But when they do come, I'm going to hold up that shield of faith and all of us have been there and done that that's why we have to encourage ourselves in the lord and not look at ourselves but look at christ jesus embrace the righteous one and believe what christ jesus has done for us so here's our challenge this evening because i see where our time is winding down here uh if you will turn if you will to first samuel the 30th chapter and verse 6 it says in the amplified version david was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of them were all bitterly grieved each man for his sons and his daughters now the latter part is what i want us to focus on it says but david encouraged and he strengthened himself in the lord his god david encouraged himself in the lord and he strengthened himself in the lord now, encourage means that to inspire with courage. So, in other words, you have to do that from time to time. You have to encourage yourself just like David did. David was looking around, and, and this was after the, uh, the, uh, the attack of the, when David and the men were out fighting, and here come the enemy, they attacked, and they, they, they killed all, they, they uh, took the children, they took, took the wives, they took everything. And David's men uh, probably wanted to stone him. You know, the scripture says that. They wanted to stone him. They were discouraged because of what has just happened. Here we are fighting the battle of the Lord, and then we come back and our wives and our children are gone. Everything is gone. But the scripture says David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord, not just in anything, but in the Lord. And this is what you and I have to do. We have to encourage ourselves, and encourage means to inspire with courage, to, uh, to inspire with the spirit of hope. And to encourage, this is what David did. He inspired himself with courage. In other words, he spoke to himself until he had courage. I believe David began to, like you and I, we can uh, encourage ourselves by speaking the word of God. We can encourage ourselves by reminding ourselves of what God said. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord by worshiping God. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord by praising God. We can encourage ourselves in the Lord by putting our love on God, telling God how much we love him, telling God how much we adore him. You know, showing our Heavenly Father that we 
believe his word and we're standing on his word. And in spite of what has just happened, I can remember there were times in our lives, uh, in my husband and I, uh, at the beginning of our marriage, uh, we had our house broken into a few times. And, and I can remember one time coming home uh, from my job. I was working uh, for the government at the time. And I can remember coming home, and, and I just was crying. I boohoo cried because, you know, they had broken into the house, and they had stolen um, some jewelry. They had stolen uh, some. Uh, my husband had bought me, uh, when we got married, this uh, nice ruby and pendant uh, a jewelry set. It was a necklace. It was uh, some earrings, and, and they had stolen that and some other things, some watches uh, they had stolen. Uh, and I remember one time they even took my husband's wedding ring. We had to wind up buying another one for him. And I was just boohoo crying. And my husband said, why are you crying? This is just stuff. <laughs> stuff can be replaced, but your life cannot be replaced. And, and, and now God has blessed us, and, and we don't want for anything now because God has restored and, and restored more than enough. You know, when it's time for, when it's birthday time and anniversary time, well, I don't want anything because I don't really need anything, just, just as long as we can spend some time together, you know. Uh, but we, we're at that place now. So, but we had to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We had to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We had to build back up our spirit, man, because we're looking around and all this stuff that was taken and then damage was done to the, to the house and the, to the window and to the door. Damage was done to the vehicles. But that can be replaced. But we still have to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And strengthen means to make stronger. And now another translation said David strengthened himself with trust in his God. And another translation said David found strength in the Lord his God. So sometimes this is what you have to do. You have to find strength in the Lord. You have to find strength when, when all seems like all hell is, has broken out against you. And it seems like you don't know, uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. You, you know, God, I've been standing on your word. I've been believing you. Maybe you, uh, was believing God for a promotion. I remember one time when I was working for the government, I had applied for this position and I had to go for this position about three times. And the first time I just knew I had got it because the assistant to the boss the uh, three people that interviewed me, one of the assistants began to talk to me and encourage me. Oh, and I know you got it. You were the most qualified. But then they called me and say, guess what? You didn't get the job. Of course, they didn't say it like that. But, you know, bottom line, you didn't get the job. Oh, I was so discouraged. And then I came home and I was sharing some things with my husband. And, and he just began to encourage me and say, well, do you believe that this is a God move for you? Yes, I believe this is a God move for me. Then you need to get focused on God. Don't put your focus on people. I believe God allowed that, that young lady to say something to you to see if you was going to focus on her or you were going to focus on me. So which one are you going to focus on? Either you going to believe God or you going to believe the person because the person can only do what God allows them to do. So who is in the scripture says in the book of Lamentation, the third chapter, who is he that says and it comes to pass when God commanded it not? So she can say you're going to get the job, but then God said, no, it's not time. I, I still need to build some character in her. She's not ready for that type of position. See, many times we think we're ready for the promise of God. And God says, no, you're not ready. Because uh, there's still some more of my character that I'm, that I'm doing on the inside of you. I'm developing on the inside of you. You know, I need to develop a little bit more love. I need to develop a little bit more patience. I need to develop a little bit more compassion. I need, you need to be more like me. When people look at you, they need to see me. Do people see me when they look at you? No, Father. Then that's what I need to develop on the inside of you. So forget about that 
position right now. You focus on me. So when the position, uh, there was a second time the position opened up again. So I, I talked to my husband. So I, I applied for it the second time. And guess what? The same young lady came to me. Oh, this time I know you're going to get it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, and I guess what? I missed it again because God knew I wasn't ready again. That was two times that God knew I was not ready for the position. But guess what? I said, okay, three times I'm not going to miss it this time, God. What is it you're asking of me? Help me to focus on you because, again, we can think that we're ready and we're not. You can think that you're ready for the promise of God. And God has said, no, you're not ready because I still see some, some little character flaws over there. I still see some some self in the way over there. I still see some attitudes. I still see a little bit disposition that's not like me, that doesn't represent me. That's not my character. I'm not like that. And so because you're still alive in that particular area, then I need to make sure that you are dead and I'm alive on the inside of you. You have decreased and I have increased on the inside of you. So I begin to focus on God. I said, this time, God, help me to focus on you. I just begin to encourage myself in the Lord and not allow myself to be uh, discouraged uh, because I had applied for the position two times and still missed it. So the last time, this time, uh, no matter what that young lady said to me, and she did come to me again, but this time I didn't miss her. I said, God, my focus is on you. I'm not going to look at her. I'm going to keep my eyes on you, God. If it's for me to have the job, then you have already opened up the door. If it's not for me to have the job, then I thank you for the position that you do have for me. And that was my mindset. And guess what? I got the job. Because this time I had the right position. This time I had the right mindset. This time my thoughts was more on God than the position. And so many times our thoughts is on the position. Our thoughts is on the finances. Our thoughts is on the promise. Our thoughts is on our husband, our spouse. Our thoughts is on what God can give to me instead of keeping my eyes on God and embracing the righteous one who is Christ Jesus. And so many times we miss it. Because God knows that we're not ready to receive the promise. And, and it, I pray that God, if God is speaking to you, then you allow the Spirit of God to show you the area that you have missed it in. And so you can get focused on him and receive Christ Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And receive what he has done for you, his ascension, his enthronement. Uh, he is, he's at the right hand of the Heavenly Father now. And so receiving all that he has accomplished for you, what his death has accomplished, what his burial has accomplished, what his resurrection has accomplished, and how we have been restored back into harmony with the Father. Now the Father has given unto us a ministry of reconciliation that we can go and share with others the good news of what Christ Jesus, what was accomplished in his death, his burial, his resurrection. I pray that this has encouraged you on tonight. Now this is a challenge that I want to give to you and I as, we, as you're listening um, tonight. Um, to this broadcast, and if you come back later on and you listen again, uh, we have some confessions that we uh, used to do, and it's called the I Am Confession. And this is if you have come to that place uh, that you have embraced the righteousness of God, then I'm just going to say some of these. I probably won't get, get to all of them, but I just want to say some of these I Ams. That this is who we have to remind ourselves what was accomplished when Christ Jesus rose from the dead for you and I, what was accomplished and how sin was defeated at the cross of Calvary. And so, therefore, I want to challenge us tonight uh, as we focus on Christ. And the first one says here that I am a child of God. I'm not going by my feelings, but I confess that I 
righteous one. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Christ Jesus has redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy on my job. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy in my home. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy in my community. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy in my, concerning my health. My spouse is redeemed from the hand of the enemy. My children are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And this is all because of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We are forgiven. My spouse is forgiven. My children are forgiven. My loved ones are forgiven. My sister is forgiven. My brother is forgiven. That unsaved person that I met today in the store, they are forgiven by Christ Jesus. They don't know that they are forgiven, but they are forgiven. And it's up to me to speak out that message of reconciliation, to let them know that they are forgiven. And guess what? If you and I focus more on embracing the righteousness of Christ Jesus and focus more on what he has done for us, then we will have less time to complain. You and I will have less time to think, woe is me because I didn't get the job, and woe is me because I don't have finances, and woe is me because I don't have that nice car, and woe is me because I didn't get the promotion. Whatever it is, we won't have time to give in to the tricks and the manipulation of the enemy because my focus is uh, that I am embracing who Christ Jesus is to me and what he has accomplished for me. I decree that I am justified. I decree my spouse is justified. My children are justified. I decree my family members are justified. I decree that Ebony, Exodus, and Imani are justified. I decree that my husband, the man of God, is justified. I decree that we are sanctified in Christ Jesus. We've been set apart. Uh, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption so therefore we embrace Christ Jesus as our sanctification I decree right now that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus all things are passed away all mindsets are passed away all thoughts are passed away all imagination is passed away and behold we are thinking the thoughts of Christ we are the thoughts the feelings and the purposes of his heart and therefore we are focusing more on Christ Jesus I decree that we are partaking of his divine nature. We partake of what Christ has done for us. I decree that my husband has partaken of the divine nature. Our children, Ebony, Exorcist, and Money, they are partaking of the divine nature. I decree that we are redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ became a curse for us and therefore he defeated sin on the death on the cross, in his death on the cross, and therefore we are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are redeemed from poverty. We are redeemed from sickness. We are redeemed from spiritual death. We are redeemed and set free. I decree right now that we're led by the Spirit of God. We walk in the Spirit, and therefore we will not fulfill the lust of our flesh because we walk in the Spirit. The Spirit of God leads us. The Spirit of God guides us. We acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. I decree that we are sons of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. I decree that we are kept in safety wherever we go. I decree that right now, my husband is kept in safety wherever he is. I decree that every exorcist in money, they're kept in safety wherever they are. I decree that every member of Panorama is kept in safety wherever they are. 
I decree and declare that all the members of DOMA, all the members of the pastoral prayer line, all the members of the radio blog listeners, uh, they're kept in safety wherever they go in Jesus' mighty name. I decree and declare that we're getting all our needs met uh, by Christ Jesus. Uh, I decree that Christ has already met all of our needs uh, in Christ Jesus. I thank you right now, Father, that we're casting all our cares uh, on Christ Jesus because uh, he cares for us. Uh, we casting all our cares concerning our finances. We cast all our cares concerning our children. We cast all our cares concerning our job. We cast all our cares concerning our families. Uh, we cast all our cares concerning our health on Christ Jesus, and we embrace Christ Jesus. I, I decree right now we're strong in the Lord, and we are in the power of His might. Uh, we thank you right now. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. We thank you right now, Father. We strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We are strong in the Lord right now. I decree right now we're doing all things through Christ who has strengthened us. Uh, we can do it. I thank you right now, Father. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I thank you that my husband and Ebony exercise any money. They are heirs of God. They are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I decree that we're heirs to the blessings of Abraham. Thank you for every blessing that you've given unto Abraham. It is ours now. We possess it now. We walk in it now. And I thank you, Father, this word is becoming alive on the inside of us, O oh God. We are focusing more on what Christ has done on the inside of us. We thank you right now, Father. We embrace the righteousness of Christ. And we thank you for it, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that we're heirs of eternal life. We thank you, Father, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We decree right now, Father, and thank you that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everything that I'm saying right now, Christ Jesus has already accomplished this in his death, his burial, his resurrection, and in his ascension, his enthronement uh, with his heavenly Father. We thank you right now, Father, that it's all been accomplished in Christ Jesus, oh God. We thank you, Father, we're exercising our authority over the enemy, oh God. I decree right now, Father, we are above only and not beneath, oh God. I decree that we are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, oh God. I thank you, Father, we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, oh God. We thank you right now for the blood of the Lamb. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the word of our testimony, oh God. We thank you for this test right now, oh God, this transition, oh God. We thank you, oh God. You are making this test, oh God, out of a testimony, oh God. We will triumph in Christ Jesus, oh God. We thank you, Father. We are not moved by what we see, oh God. Our eyes is on you, oh God. We look at the invisible, oh God, and not the visible, the visible, oh God. We thank you, Father. We're walking by faith and not by sight, oh God. We thank you, Father. We're casting down imaginations, oh God, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring it to captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ, even now. We thank you, Father, for doing the new on the inside of us, oh God. We embrace the new, oh God. We thank you for the challenge, oh God, and grace us, oh God, to stay focused on you and not ourselves, oh God. We thank you, Father. We will give glory unto you, oh God. We're blessing you at all times, oh God, and we shall continually praise you, oh God, with our mouth, oh God. The fruit of our lips, oh God, giving thanksgiving unto you, oh God, and we thank you for it and praise you for it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, oh God, and we praise you, God, and we thank you, God. Well, I pray that you were encouraged tonight. Um, this has been your host, 
Prophetess Kathy L. McKenzie with the blog talk. We want to encourage you. Remember the uh, prayer line on tomorrow at 530 and Thursday, which is the National Day of Prayer. Call someone and let them know about the prayer line and join us if you will. God bless you. We pray that you are blessed. Let the rest of your night be prosperous. God bless you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.